The Domestiques is up and running for another edition. Welcome to our brand new podcast series. It's Tuesday, the 5th of July. We really are rolling through the month, as and as we do, there's so much happening around the world, the world of cycling. We are up to episode three. It's so good to have you along for The Domestiques, wherever you're listening, in Australia or around the world. I'm Mike Tomolara. Some people are asking me, what are you doing on The Domestiques, Tomo? What do you do? Well, uh, I'm trying my best, but I can tell you that I am delivering the water bottles for our team captain, Matilda Reynolds. Tills, hello to you. Hi, Mike. I feel like you're probably the director sportif, actually, <laughs> just trying to keep us in line. And I'm not sure how many points I can get. I'm pretty unreliable, but I know that if um, if I don't get the points, then Hollywood will be there to get us the social media, a bit like EF at the moment. So, Well, we'll go to Hollywood in just a minute. I just want to know, Tills, where are you and what are you doing there? Yeah, I'm here in uh, New Zealand, so... Yeah, just chasing love around at the moment, and uh, yeah, I'll be um, yeah, I'll, I'll be back into. No, this isn't this isn't a love podcast. <laughs> like, what is that? Mix one hundred six point five. Uh, so, yeah, we're, I'm I'm just back from Europe, uh, which was really exciting, and then I'll hopefully head back over to Australia for some of the NRS uh, season for the rest of the year as well. Well, speaking of love, and although the sun has set over the Aegean Sea, I'm sure uh, Hollywood Turner is enjoying the spoils of the Greek island of Mykonos. Uh, hello to you, Hollywood. Tell us about it. Uh, paint, paint the picture. I'm following you on social media, and Mykonos looks magnificent. Uh, hello, team. Yeah, thank you. It is. It's a, a beautiful island, but uh, I haven't ridden for three days now, so I'm getting antsy. So we're going to take off tomorrow night and get across to Italy where I can start riding. So I, I need to exercise. I'm a bit cooped up. Um, how many uh, kits have you taken with you? Colourful kits. Oh, no, look, to be honest, it's quite different. This I've taken uh, five of my team Stitch and Dart kit, either the yellow jersey or the red and yellow jersey, and I've taken one Australian kit. That's it. Very low-key this year. Only two pairs of shoes and one helmet. So very low-key this year. Well, look, you've got a huge following. And for people who uh, have not hooked up with you on social media, uh, where can they find you? Uh, uh, on Instagram at uh, at underscore Correct. Lee Turner. Correct. <laughs> yeah, big, bold personality. We love you, Hollywood. Uh, now, you may be Thank asking you. the question what I've been up to. Well, I visited a quaint little town in rural New South Wales called Bungendore. It's in New South Wales, about uh, 30 minutes east of Canberra. I hosted a dinner and lunch at a restaurant named uh, Le Tre Bon. When it's translated from French to English, it means uh, it's very good. And it was good. We enjoyed the cuisine, which was influenced by truffles. That stuff that you find in the ground had a magnificent traditional cassoulet, which is a traditional dish uh, speciality around the Pyrenees, and basically talked up Latour and had a ball with guests who love everything there is to love about France. A great time enjoyed by all. Okay, let's talk about cycling, the world of cycling. And... Uh, Normally, we would start with the Tour de France. It was the first of three rest days this year at the Tour. So I thought we'd dive into 
what's happening at the women's event, the big women's race right now in Italy called the Giro Donna, a multi-stage race and a, quite a significant race on the world calendar, Tills. Yeah, so the Giro Donna, is a, it's a 10-stage race around Italy and it has always been the most prestigious women's race for the year you know this is this is the race that all of the women's cycling would be aiming and targeting uh, throughout the year but it sort of feels like it's being a little bit overshadowed or potentially trumped by uh, the Tour de France avec uh, Zwift uh, the Tour de France Femme first women's Tour de France obviously many years ago there was a women's Tour de France took a long break and it's back this year, uh, so the makeup of the teams at the Giro Donna is a little bit different this year. It's none of them really makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of teams that are sitting out riders in preparation for the Tour de France, like Demi Vollering, uh, and then there's a lot of teams that are utilising this race as a, uh, a lead-in to the Tour de France. So if you imagine, compare it into the men's a little bit, you wouldn't have the the best Tour de France riders riding the Giro. Uh, you know, they would sit it out, but that's really just speaking to the development of women's cycling. They don't yet have these enormous teams, enormous budgets, where they can have these multi-riders who are focusing on these big targeted race. A lot of the women have to do, pretty much do all of the races. Uh, but the Giradonna has come under a lot of criticism over the past few years. It's had terrible coverage, it's had terrible pay and not the best stages. Sort of got put in the naughty corner by the ASO last year or, or the UCI for, for not having live coverage, which is a uh, prerequisite to being a world tour race. This year it has committed to live coverage and equal prize purse, which is really exciting. But unfortunately today when you switched on to watch the race, it uh, the break had already gone. So I can't really tell you what happened before that, which is a little bit challenging. But yeah, it's, so far it's, it has been really exciting. And today was certainly the most exciting stage. Hollywood, you've had a good look at it. What has impressed you? Uh, well, I was just talking before we went to air that I was impressed by Marta Cavalli. She looks beautiful on the bike. Her cadence is magnificent, just long and lean. And I was hoping she hung on to that climb, but she obviously didn't. But she still finished third, and she sits third overall. So she's one of my favourites. She just looks so good on the bike, looks so efficient. Just poetry in motion on the bike. Tills, it's a 10-day race, uh, but they're talking, or the reports are telling me that it could be over already. Yeah, well, I think just to pull out a couple of headlines uh, before the race was almost over on stage, so stage, stage three, four, is that, um, you know, Voss is back. Uh, so Mariana Voss had, uh, she's, she's hardly raced this year. She's actually only raced six times uh, this, this year. And one of them, I was actually at that race, thanks very much, at Vanendale, Vanendale, oh, wow. where she got uh, fifth and I was 14th. But um yeah, I don't know how you put that on your CV. I don't think it makes it. But uh, the um, <laughs> she's back, and I think on stages two and three, had an incredible sprint, opens up so early, and was able to get over Elisa Balsamo, the world champion, who'd won on stage two. And I think uh, what's just incredible about uh, Mariana Voss is that um, this is her uh, 31st professional win. So when we talk about Mark Cavendish, you know, uh, Marion Voss should be in that same Definitely. Uh, sentence because, and it's also the different races that she's won. And what's in also incredible about that is that she's um, won, those, those 31 victories have come over a span of 15 years. 
Like that is incredible. The amount of evolution and change that the women's peloton has gone through to still be at the top of the game is absolutely incredible. So yeah, Mariana Voss, the Voss is back. That's a big headline. Um, the bike exchange team's doing pretty well. They 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 started in, in the pink jersey with um, Christian Faulkner with the time trial. That we're seeing those bike exchange riders do really well on um, in the time trials this season. And then the last night's stage, stage four, as you say, Mike, they're already calling the race, which will be disappointing, but I have hope that they can bring down Amonique Van Vluten. Uh, what an absolute legend. I know there's a bit of prejudice against her just because you sort of hate to see her win because she wins all the time and she wins so well, but she's now in the leader's jersey. Uh, somehow they let three go, three go up the road. I'm sure it was probably out of their control. But, yeah, we're already at stage four. Anna Meek's in pink, and she's expected to keep it all the way. But I am hopeful the teams can throw everything at her and hopefully bring down what is a five-minute time gap to a lot of other riders. I was just going to say, but it's between one and two, it's still a, there's a big race there because it's only one second separates them between first and second. I think third's 43 seconds back. So it's really exciting for the top three. But after that, as you say, it drops off. Yeah, absolutely. I just hope. Uh, yeah, and Marvi Garcia is a great. She's a great all rounder who's sitting in there second. But I am hopeful that you know you still got great names like Spratt, Ludwig, uh, Lisa Longo Borghini uh, just behind. So I'm hoping they can all get together and 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 gang up on on Anamique and still bring bring a bit of entertainment to the GC. You know, you look at the history of world cycling on the men's side, and uh, Eddie Merckx always pops up. Bernard, you know. And even uh, these days, you've got Tade Pogacar. But Mariana Voss, for me, is mm. probably the most outstanding cyclist, male or female, we've ever seen. Is that a big call? Is that too big? No, not too big at all. No, I think in the way she wins and the way and the different races that she wins and every time she crosses the line, even though it's been 30, 30, uh, one major, major win, she still crosses like it was her first time. And just the way she get the, the type of bike rider she is, she's, she's loved by all. And, you know, it feels very comforting to see Mariana Voss back winning. Well, the Tour de France enjoyed a rest day today. Uh, it was the first... Uh day of three rest days, allowing the riders to travel from uh, Denmark to Belgium. Actually, they're in France, just over the Belgian border in, in Dunkirk, where the tour will resume for stage four. Uh, Hollywood, the memories of Copenhagen and Denmark will live on for decades. Absolutely oh. brilliant. The crowds were huge. The sun was Massive. shining. The people were happy. Oh, the crowd, like watching it, obviously I'm watching it live over here on GCN. The crowds were just incredible. And they were saying it was like as big as Yorkshire. It was just massive. They were just so deep and they were so loud. It was like for people here, it was like an AFL grand final. It was just the roar and the excitement. It was so good. And that finish was such a good finish with the four coming to the line, three almost a dead heat. It was such a great finish. Jeez, it was a good race. Yeah, the crowds were awesome, and uh, I read somewhere that TV directors in Denmark were actually quite concerned for the television ratings, because it seemed the country's entire population was on the side <laughs> of the road. There was nobody actually watching television, so, yeah. <laughs> so that'll be quite interesting. Uh, what's your take from the first three days, the Grand Depart Hills? 
Yeah, I think it's been really exciting, obviously. Uh, usually the first few stages can be pretty quiet. I'm glad to have mm. seen no major accidents. I'm glad that crashes haven't been the headlines and really that we're, we're in an incredible period of sprinting at the moment. Like what a privilege to be seeing just the best of the best. And it, 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 it's hard to know, you know, if they get a clear run, who actually is the fastest there. And I think, you know, obviously feel for Caleb a little bit at the moment. Um, mm. But certainly the, the most frustrating thing about sprinting is there's just so many things that go into it. And, it, and, it, and most of the time it's affected by the other riders around you, that rider going left rather than right, that rider mm. shutting the door on you, you know, if only you'd gone you know, left that time. And so it can be this incredibly frustrating experience if if you're not winning and just the tiny things that you could have done differently if you had your time again. Uh, so no, I, th I think the sprints are, are incredibly exciting. I think there's not too much happening before those sprints though. So it is a bit of a highlights reel and I'd encourage everyone who can watch the Dura Donna to, to get on that for a bit more exciting racing. Uh, but yeah, it's just an incredible field of sprinters. It's been a bit like uh, watching a game of basketball. It's quite boring until the last five minutes and all the action's happening in the last five minutes. Like the sprint, the last five kilometres where they're jostling for position and, and so forth and the trains are trying to move to the front. It's, it all happens like basketball in the last five minutes. And that's the reason why the uh, Tour de France uh, does travel uh, away from French soil because uh, the the excitement of uh, the country that hosts it, on this occasion Denmark, well, it's there for everybody to see. And next year, mm -hmm. um, prepare your holidays if you are going to that part of the world because uh, the Grand Depart will start from uh, the northwest of Spain in the Basque oh, Country wow. and around Bilbao as well. So that's in 2023. You're listening to The Domestics. We've got more in just a moment. The Domestics by Black Sheep Cycling. You're listening to The Domestics, powered by Black Sheep Cycling Apparel. So we're up to stage four and the Tour de France enters home soil. Stage four will take the riders from Dunkirk to Calais but it's stage five that I'm looking forward to, Tills and Hollywood. It's the cobbled sections around Amiens, around uh, the Arenberg. And uh, we've got two big days coming up. You agree? Yeah, definitely. They, they say the tour won't be won here, but it can be lost here. So, yeah, it's going to be we move into some real excitement now. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it was interesting. I've actually heard a few teams how important the GC was to ensure that your car is quite yes. high up in the peloton just because of that, that cobbled section. So even, uh, uh, gee, it's going to be a long few weeks for Jumbo Visma, like already on the front in the first few days. Mm -hmm. Walt's obviously in yellow and, and trying to win every stage at the moment, and he's actually my pick for the Dunkirk stage. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a long three weeks uh, for that team if they've already got under this type of pressure. Well, you say it is a long three weeks, Tills, and with the cobbled section, sections coming up for Stage 5, why would any rider want to take any risks uh, on a stage like that? Um, when you've got three weeks ahead, uh, sure, crashes can happen, but it's going to be uh, dry weather, I believe temperatures in the low 20s it's going to be a perfect day for dry racing why would you want to risk it all on one stage well i'm sure the gc the gc riders may not uh want to but they're just going to want to get through that safely but what a stage to win 
it's gonna mm-hmm. you know it's pretty much a individual classic stage and yeah. but that's that's what the tour is about mike it, you know it it, it favors those who risk it all who who go all in so it seems too early to do that as you say on a five three week stage but as a fan that's all we want to see mm-hmm. we want to see them go all absolutely all in but turner do you think your fanboy can get up yeah, I I do. Or well, I hope so. I'm a little man crush. Yeah, I think so. Like, but you know what? Who you just you just don't know. What about uh, Vanderpol? You just you just don't know. Yeah, he's quiet at the moment yeah, as well. Very, very unlike him. Haven't seen him going about his business very quietly, which makes him a huge threat. I think so. At the good call. So quiet that I had to look up the start list to make sure he was in there because he was just. He's been nowhere, not in the sprints, nowhere. So I had to, I just double checked. I thought, is he actually racing this? So yeah. Some people are asking why does the race director Christian Prudhomme put this cobbled sections, uh, this cobbled sector in a race like the Tour de France when he knows full well that it could wipe out to half the peloton. Look, you're right, Tills. It's all about uh, um, giving us a thrill, the spectators, those watching on television. There was a time when. Um, the cobbled sections, uh, a cobbled stage wouldn't take place in a big race like the Tour de France. It was all about uh, dominating the time trials and dominating the mountain stages. You wouldn't see a cobbled uh, stage in the in the race. But uh, Prudhomme has changed uh, the dynamic of the Tour in recent times. It's all about testing the riders, whether they can climb, whether they can time trial, and whether they can dominate on cobbled sectors. So I haven't got a problem with it, but some people apparently do. Yeah, and it just adds another layer that, like, they've just had to do a transfer of 900 kilometres, you know, at, at the start of a three-week tour. And we do need, they do need to be careful that they're not trying to turn test cricket into a one-day uh, entertainment mm. event. It is the tour. It is a three-week. There are stages that, you know, they, it, they are boring, but we need those somewhat in, in quotation marks boring stages so the next day is the most exciting we don't want to do this cobbled section stage and then then be wiped out for the next week after so i understand adding adding more dynamics but remembering this is the tour it's three weeks this is how it's meant to be and not throwing too many curveballs in there even though we want that as fans we don't want it to stall mate the next few stages yeah, definitely, definitely. But we say all that, but we still want it. We still want it. We look at we look at it before we look at it before it starts. I know, and you say, oh, the cobble section stage, you know, four. That's going to be unreal. So, as much as we say that, deep down, we love it. And how good is it to see Sagan back? Not just like yeah. having like up, you know, being really close to winning, but the fight is back. The the bite mm. and the dog is is certainly back. I encourage everyone to watch uh, stage three just on that, you know, the last few hundred metres. He went from that last corner, he went from 20th to third in the last corner. Like he's just, you know, the way he moves around the bunch. And I think it was a bit of an overreaction him with uh, uh, Walt Van Aert. I I don't think Walt was closing the door. I think the barriers did that for him. But Mm -hmm. I do think it lost Walt the the win. You know, when you sprint, it all has to be – all your energy has to be going into that sprint. And Walt had this thing on his shoulder and this distraction of Sagan, which I think may have lost him that win. I think if Sagan hadn't been there, he would have been all focused on that line. And um, But, yeah, it was, it was beautiful to see Dylan Grunewagen get up and yes. hopefully close that chapter of both 
him and Jakobsen crashing in the Tour of Poland. Hopefully they can write their own, write their own chapters now and, and move on from that day. Yep. I like Sagan. He's my tip for stage four, having said that, because it's not totally flat. There's a few lumps in stage four, mm. and uh, I think it will set things up nicely for the cobbled stage into Arenberg. And they're not actually racing over the uh, forest uh, of Arenberg cobbles, which is interesting. They're actually finishing in the village adjacent to it. You're listening to The Domestics. We've got more. You're listening to The Domestics, powered by Black Sheep Cycling Apparel. Now, picture this. You've entered a bike race as a solo competitor. It's not just any old bike race. You start in California on America's West Coast and finish in Maryland on America's East Coast. It's a total distance of 5,000 kilometres. It's far greater than the width of Australia, and far greater than, say, a distance from Brisbane to Perth, for example. You've got 12 days to complete the task, but you do it in 10 and cross the line victorious. You cross the line with your arms raised. Now, our special guest is Alan Jefferson. He's from Townsville. He's 54 years of age, and he's the reigning, the newly crowned Ram Race Across America winner. And we are so pleased to have you, Al Jefferson, on the domestics. A round of applause, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Al. Incredible. How did you do Good it? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How did you oh, do it, goodness. Al? Um, how did I do it? I guess baby steps, one little bit at a time. Um, it's 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 when you're standing on the start line. It's just it's a massive. Maryland is like and it might as well be on the or might as well be on Mars. And it was just like. Um, you just got to get to the next timing station. That's all you got to do. And you just you got to tick off all fifty-four of them. But yeah, baby steps, pretty much. Now let me just paint the picture, if I may. Uh, you cross the entire um, American landscape, the USA. Uh, temperatures exceeding forty-five degrees Celsius. You climb the highest mountains, the Rockies, which is probably three times higher than anything we've got here in Australia. <laughs> You raced across the plains. The Appalachian Mountains weren't too far away, and then you finished on the East Coast. That is one hell of a journey. Um, you've done this race once before in 2019. You didn't finish, so I guess you took out of you, you took a lot out of that last experience. Yeah, I guess when I lined up in 19, I was probably a little bit cocky. Um, probably didn't, and and in hindsight, I probably didn't give it the respect that it needed. Um, I thought I was pretty. 10 foot tall and bulletproof but um that ungut that came undone very very quickly and um obviously we've had a lot of time to think between 2019 and now we learnt i learnt so much about me and so much about my body and um what works and what doesn't work so we've been i guess working on a strategy since 2019 to get us to this to this point where lo and behold i actually managed to win the thing so yeah, it's been a long process. So, Alan, I've got to ask. I'm surprised to see you sitting down. <laughs> How's your ass? Oh, my my derriere is like it's it got bad. It really got bad, and um, the crew did an amazing job of keeping me, I guess, on the bike. Um, there were a few guys this year that actually DNF due to their backsides um, breaking down. 
Um, mine never broke down as such. It just got really angry and inflamed and painful. And um, it was, you know, even even getting off the bike for like 30 seconds, trying to sit back down again, it would take, you know, it was taking up with 20 minutes of just, you're just literally that's what you oh. there's lots of screaming moaning and groaning and um you've just and sometimes you just have to sit there and and as you know that famous line out of platoon you just got to take the pain take the pain and um yeah <laughs> it's awful and so what i what i don't quite understand is when did you sleep and how much sleep did you get um we got <clears throat> I probably averaged between somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half a day, which is not a lot. What? Um, it's what? and that would come through as maybe like ten or twenty minute sleeps, um, like a nap, um, or they would actually put literally put me to bed. We had a little I did a little blow up mattress in the back of the back of the follow vehicle, and they would put me down for a sleep cycle, which was about an hour fifteen somewhere. Um, and if they, there was one occasion they woke me early and I was just doughy, completely like eyes are open. There was no one at home. And that was, that was probably the worst one. Um, and I, I really struggled for a few hours after that, trying to get my things together. So yeah, this, you get used to being tired. Trust me. (laughs) Can you tell me something else? Did they, did they, cause speaking of the sleeping, do they test? Because I would think if, you know, some people took uh, amphetamines or speed, that would keep them awake. They'd be able to keep going longer. Do they test at all? They There is there is drug testing at the end. Um, but, you know, I know that – I know some people will probably do that. But um, you can – I guess, yeah, I didn't. It's just – it's not worth the risk. It's um, a, la, no, no, a la natural. No. But, yeah, I guess if you – did want to take some um, speed or something like that, it would make a difference. But, yeah, it's cheating. No, fair enough. But on, on the sleep, with do you get time checks? So you might be extra ahead and you go, I can have an extra 20-minute sleep because I'm ahead. Or do you, do you know where your other competitors are? Like do you cut, start together and do you drop them? Or how does it, how does um, it work? So I had actually – from the word go, I'd actually instructed the crew not to tell me where I was in relation to everybody else um, it, because it was one thing that got me in 19 was I got very caught up in, I guess, racing that first um, couple of days and that, that basically undid me. Um, so this year I managed – I think I got through to day – I think it was day six in the middle of the night when I actually – was asking uh, where everybody was because I didn't think um, I just I yeah didn't know where I was and such forth. But and that requesting sleep at that point um, wasn't too bad. It was only become critical in that sort of last forty eight hours where I really couldn't afford to take any extra time um, because otherwise mm-hmm. it was going to be. It was another 20 minutes or another hour that I was going to have to try and make up somewhere else down the road. When did you think you'd won it? When did you know? Did you know, you know, 500Ks out or the last – when did you think, fuck, I've got this? The last 30 miles. 
Wow. So that, that was that, that the mount, the I think it's the Mount Airy, the Mount Airy um, time station before Ram's Head. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we'd, we'd been going back and forth. And when I find, and that was, I'd actually caught Nicole during that previous. Um, That's the Swiss rider. That was a Swiss rider. Nicole, she is an absolute beast. And I think I was about 140 miles and I just had to, I had to keep pushing. I knew I had to keep pushing the whole way and my legs were just starting to not – my legs were starting to fail. I was starting to puff up as get some edema. And, um, but I really didn't know I had it until that 30-mile mark, 30 miles to go. And, Al, uh, when you um, realised uh, that you were so close, um, did it come as a surprise when the crew told you – and you've got a crew of uh, up to 10 people, I, I'm told. 10, yeah. Um, when they told you you're going to win this race, did it come as a, a surprise? Because you said earlier that you really had no idea where you were and who was in front of you or who, who was behind you. Very much so. And um, when I got told Nicole was nearly 200 miles in front of me, it's like six days, you know, oh, like wow. six days plus in. And um, and it, I guess it's something that I'm a very – I love something to chase. I'm not a – I'm not someone who I guess can lead from the front. And that was probably a concern of mine was, you know, and I said to my Greg, my crew chief, I go, what happens if I'm in front? I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm responsible enough to be out the front. Um, but coming from behind, and it's something that I used to do when I was racing, you know, tries and things like that, an empty road in front and knowing no one was there is very boring for me. But if I've got, if I've got a carrot up the road, it's, it gives me, I guess, gives me that motivation to work a little bit harder and, um, and chase. So, yeah, it just, we just managed I didn't and I didn't really take much notice of the gap until probably we were maybe seventy miles behind. Because at that point two hundred miles is like again, another planet away. Alan, I can't get over this lack of sleep. It's like a wild <laughs> science experiment. But it, like, because isn't it that you can go with the like without food and water for a week or however long that is? But if you go without sleep, you're pretty sure you become clinically insane. Uh, were you seeing any mirages um, or visions, or were you losing it out there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually I did have a um, I did see a few it's, I did see a few hallucinations. Um, I saw some amazing um, architecture. It was just, and this is like in the middle of nowhere, and you would just high, high oh, as a man, and You would just see the, and they were they were vivid white, and I've never had it before. And they were like, you would just see these massive, like, you know, it was like I was in Rome, and there were these beautiful bridges and cathedrals, and I'm riding through the bush in Missouri somewhere. It was like it was quite bizarre. Oh. And you, it would catch your eye, and you would actually just look up to it and then there's oh okay cool that's nothing there anyway um <laughs> but i did several i i had a i guess an out-of-body what it seemed like an out-of-body experience on the last night i got really really paranoid um because i hadn't seen anybody i hadn't seen any other races for like almost like three or four days and you know I would pass them and they would be off the road somewhere and I didn't know or they would pass me when I was having a sleep. And um, I actually thought the crew were lying to me. It was really, it was a crazy, crazy few hours. And it was, um, 
and then um, it got to, and I was struggling, really, really struggling, trying to, what was real and what wasn't, what wasn't real. And it was, um, the crew did an amazing job. They actually managed to get me back on track. And um, I had a, Rebecca, one of the masseurs, she actually gave me this amazing restful sleep for 10 minutes and I woke up clear as a bell. And after that, I didn't have any problem. But, yeah, the sleep deprivation did cause a few issues. (laughs) Tell me something, Alan. Just how much did your bike weigh and did you have any punches or mechanicals along the the route? We were pretty good. So I took three bikes with me. Um, I had an S5 Chevalo, um, mm-hmm. sort of like my Aero Roadie. I had a Chev, which is like my TT, and I just had a TCR, a giant TCR. That oh, was TCR. purely that was my settle down. <laughs> that was purely my climbing <laughs> bike. Um, and yeah. it, my go-to was probably the the Chevalo. Um, and yeah. it was interesting that. As much as I wanted to ride the shiv, I just couldn't get comfortable get comfortable on it, and I don't know why. Um, whereas riding around here in Townsville, it's my go-to bike. I just love my TT. Yep. It's just I'm super comfy, yep. but I just couldn't get comfortable on it, which was was a little bit annoying. Um, but anyway, that's how how it was. So, yeah, pretty much between the Chevalo and the Giant got me across the country. Al, I want to ask you about your body shape. How much did it change from the start <laughs> to the finish? Um, it it did change a lot. And um, I guess there was a, a poignant moment. And I think it was at the Washington Time Station, um, which is, oh, God, somewhere in Missouri. And I actually had to go to the – I had to go to the loo and – um, deal with my butt at that point in time. Anyway, I'm sitting in this in this lawn this laundry at like two o'clock in the morning, and I'm just my all of these veins had appeared all over my body, and like obviously body fat had just disappeared. And I just I actually had to do a chuckle to myself and go, Jesus, I'm just treating my body like a rental car today. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, and so God, how do, oh, my God. <laughs> how do you fuel something like that, Alan? Like, can you can you call Uber <laughs> Eats and say, look, just follow my dot. I'll be up the road in 100K. I think it was, um, you know, that yeah. famous runner, uh, Kansas. Dean, is, Dean uh, Carnassus, you know, yeah. Called yeah. Dean, Dean, yeah, called, called for a pizza and, you know, I'll be up the road. But No, we – How do you feel so that? So I basically used like a meal replacement was my, I guess, my go-to, which was Insure Plus, and that was like that's what I – that's what I trained with, and it's it's something that's actually palatable, whether it's hot, cold, warm, or otherwise. Um, and I substituted that with um, smoothies, um, some real, I guess, real food smoothies, um, and some some pasta like mac and cheese, some pesto. My favourite was the pesto and pasta; it was just yummy. Al, tell me, tell tell us, Al, uh, what does it mean to have won this? Uh, and let's just remind everybody, it's a one-stage time trial uh, of a distance of five thousand kilometres. Uh, what does it mean to have won this? Will you do it again? There's no real reason. <laughs> yeah, there's no real reason for you to do it again, is there? No, look, there's defenders. People have asked me, do I go back? And I said, look, it's just too early. It's just too early. Let me deal with the trauma from this one. Um, (laughs) 
what it means is actually still sinking into me. And I just, um, and even today, you know, like it's, you know, sitting here talking to you guys, I think this is, I think this is just fantastic. And, um, but even, you know, when we landed at the airport and all this, all, all these people turned up to see me, I was just absolutely gobsmacked. Um, Alan, one final thing when you say what it means to you, uh, I know you, um, and it's a very close cause to I know, our, our sponsor, Black Sheep Cycling, in their man ride, but is uh, men's mental health. And I saw that you had been promoting that, raising money uh, for that cause. Yeah, I just wanted to understand why you chose that, it's, that area. It's something that's very, very dear to my own heart, um, having you know, everybody struggles and I've struggled in the past and it's, um, and exercise is, it's an amazing therapy. And, um, having, if, if I can just get one person, if I can just save one person from going down that, um, path of, um, destruction, my job is done. Um, but we we partnered with a cut with a, an organization, selectability and, they have a like a bike shed, so it's it's like man shed, but it involves push bikes and exercise, and which is again something dear to my heart. So um, that was, I guess, a pretty good reason to get out in there and do it. And if and if and if we can somehow use this this win to, um, I guess, help people and make some change that people don't have to worry about this anymore, it's a good thing. Al, you've made a huge difference. Uh on the bike and off the bike. Um, I know the people of Townsville have rallied behind you and I saw the scenes at the airport when you arrived home. It was quite incredible. It's a shame that mainstream, uh, the mainstream media in Australia didn't jump on the bandwagon. Uh, they'd rather see uh, Nick Kyrgios blow up at Wimbledon, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but having said that, uh, look, we respect exactly what you've done. Congratulations. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're a legend and uh, you've done something that uh, very few have achieved in in their lives. So, round of applause for Alan Jefferson, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you've inspired me to go for a ride today, but definitely not to do that event. <laughs> Look, thank you, and I just, I yeah, it's it's if we can, yeah, it's it's a very very niche market this ultra cycling, and um, somehow to make it mainstream, I don't know how, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. I'm. I'm pretty lucky, I think. Very, very lucky. <laughs> We're very lucky too, Al. We'll leave it there. That's our edition of The Domestics for the 5th of July. Thanks to Alan Jefferson. Ram winner, 2022. Jill, thanks to you. Hollywood, <laughs> thanks to you. We'll do it all again very soon. Bye for now. The Domestics by